I'm super excited to be sharing with you this morning. Um, I have a privilege uh, to share the pulpit with Pastor Brian today, and uh, he's my husband. I'm Kasha. My husband's Pastor Brian. We've been pastoring here for five years now, and it's been such a privilege and honor. And I just want to give a little shout out to him. He gets to... um, say some stories about us during his messages, sometimes not always things we want to share, but I want to honor him today because he is amazing. He is my best friend. He has led this church so well this past year in a lot of uncertainty and a lot of change, and he has sought the Lord and asked for direction. He also has some great mentors in his life that he can lean on and trust during this season. And it's just an honor to share the pulpit this morning. And if you have never spoke or ever did like a speech or anything, man, you should be just super thankful for our pastor that he studies and seeks the Lord every week because, man, it's tough. It's tough to like narrow everything down. And he takes God's word serious. He doesn't, just wasn't, doesn't get up here and just kind of do whatever. He reads the word. He studies it. He's such a great husband. He's my best friend. He's the love of my life. And I enjoy all the adventures and fun that we get to have together um, as husband and wife. And even with our kids, he's a great father. He makes life fun and interesting all the time. And I love it. I told the kids, I was like, it's better to have a fun dad than a boring dad. So even when he embarrasses you, we should be thankful for it. (laughs) So thank you so much for letting me share this morning. To all the ladies in the house, I just want to say again, we want to say happy Mother's Day to you. Um, You do so much for your families. But I also want to just be um, a little aware that I know that there's some of you that have been praying for a long time to have kids and you haven't been able to have kids. Or maybe you have a child that's already in heaven or maybe you have a mom that's already in heaven. And I just want you to know that this is a safe place and I want you to feel comfortable today. I don't want you to feel left out because we are all women trying to pursue this walk in life and follow after Jesus. And I just want you to know that we're here with you to pray with you and encourage you um, every step of the way. I want to just share with you um, just how proud of you I am during this season this past year with the pandemic. A lot of you moms have had to rearrange. You've had to change some things up. And you've had to learn to work with your kids around you. You've had to learn to work from home. And some of you have had to go to work and figure out what you're going to do with your kids. And you guys have done so well. I've watched you this past year grow in the midst of a pandemic. I've seen you really dig into God's word and search his truth and really trust him as your source in your life. And you guys are just, you're just awesome. I'm just really um, thankful that I get to be a part of this church community. You really have rose up during this season. And there's this quote from Eleanor Roosevelt, and it says, a woman is like a tea bag. You never know how strong it is until it's in hot water. And that this past year, we've all been in a little hot water, but you've shown that you are strong, that you are brave, that you are overcomers, and that you're incredible. So if you're feeling discouraged today, I hope that your spirits will be boosted this morning, that you are doing a great job. I know many of your stories, I know many of your struggles, many of your disappointments, but I'm here to say, ladies, that God is here with you, and I wanna celebrate all of you ladies in the house today. And if we could just give all the ladies a round of applause this morning for just being awesome. 
so thankful. And we started a series last week called Battle Plans. And man, Pastor Eric and Pastor Bryce, I said this the first gathering, you set me up good to preach because we're talking about having a battle plan, having a prayer strategy in life. And man, we've been singing praises to the Lord so we can see those addictions, those strongholds to be broken. And I hope today that you're going to walk away and see that you can have a prayer strategy. Pastor Brian spoke on Ephesians, uh, or spoke on six steps last week. And if you have not heard the message, please go back and listen to it. You can find it on our website, YouTube, and Facebook. Um, Because there were six things he shared, but I really want to hone in on the putting on. And that's talking about putting on God's armor. We will eventually get to Ephesians 6. Uh, verses 10 through 20, but I just want to share a few things before we get there. Paul talks about in Ephesians 6 that there is this spiritual, spiritual armor that will help us to defeat the enemy. He gives a strategy to win. He protects us, it, or the armor protects us from harm. It strengthens us for battle and helps us withstand the temptation that may come to us. He reminds us that there is an invisible enemy out there that is trying to get you caught up in the things of the world and get you focused off of what the Lord has for you. He wants you to forget that there's even a battle going on. The enemy always tries to put on a different face. He wants you to think that your spouse is the enemy. He wants you to think that your neighbor is the enemy. He wants you to think your coworker is the enemy. But we must remember the enemy is not our friend, and he wants to destroy everything we hold dear. But we have God's word, and I want to share with you in John 10.10, and it says, The thief's purpose is to steal and kill and destroy. But God says, My purpose is to give them a rich and satisfying life. This passage is so good because it reminds us us the enemy seeks destruction, but God has such good, rich, satisfying gifts for us. And Pastor Brian said it last week, we got to wake up. And that's what I want to remind you again this morning. We've got to wake up and realize there is a real battle going on. And 1 Peter 5, 8 through 9, it says, stay alert. Watch out for your great enemy, the devil, because you know what he does? He prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. Stand firm against him and be strong in your faith. Remember that your family of believers all over the world is going through the same kind of suffering as you. Did you catch that? The enemy is trying to kill, still, destroy, devour your families, your faith your health, your joy, your marriage, our communities, our nation. But we are not defenseless because we have God's spiritual armor to help us defeat the enemy. In Romans 8, 37 through 39, it reminds us that we are more than conquerors. It says, no, in all of these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us For I am not convinced that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor demons, neither the present, nor the future, nor any powers, neither height, nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus. 
Nothing can separate us from the love of the Father. And do you know what the Greek word for nothing is? It's nothing. It's nothing. So nothing can separate you from God's love. So we must be on guard and we must protect our faith, our relationships, our peace, our destiny, our joy, our health, because these are all gifts from God that should be pursued, cherished, and defended. Let's be people of God that don't stand idly by and let it slip away or fall into ruins because we forgot that there is a real and visible enemy trying to destroy your life. It's time to wake up. It's time to stay alert because there is a real war. There is a battle going on even right now. He's out there. The enemy, he's out there scheming. He's out there watching. He's out there observing. He's taking notes. Oh, I see this habit. I see where maybe I could trip them up. And I don't know about you, but my mama bear side comes out and says, oh, no, not today, Satan, not today, because I'm going to be battle ready, because he's out there not just thinking about how to mess your life up. He's thinking about how to mess your kids' lives up. We should go to the battle with our spiritual weapons, not trying to use our own earthly weapons. That's what he wants us to do. He wants us to think that we can figure it out on our own. And I think about my boys, and I think about grocery shopping. And I, I don't mind grocery shopping. It's not my favorite thing to do. I do enjoy it when my husband goes grocery shopping, not going to lie. But the whole process of grocery shopping, you know, you got to get your groceries, you got to get them home, you got to unload them, then you got to put them away, and then you got to cook afterwards. Or some of us just get pizza that night because we don't want to cook anything. But... There's one thing about groceries, they're heavy, right? So I don't always enjoy carrying them in. And plus, we live on our driveways like this. So you kind of got to walk up the hill to get the groceries in. And I found out a little secret. I was like, you know what? I'm going to tap into the strength <laughs> and the power of my boys. I mean, my boys are like big boys. They are like full-grown men now, even though they're only 16 and 18. So what I do is I call them. Or I text them and I say, hey, I'm headed down the road or I'm pulling in now. And I tap into that, their power and their strength to help me with something that I could do, right, on my own. But it's nice to have someone else come alongside me and help me. And you know what? They are so good. They're always so willing. Sometimes Josiah, he's already out there before I even pull in. And I'm like, what? It's amazing. But we need to think about that. It seems crazy that we would not tap into the spiritual weapons that we have and that we would try doing it on our own strength. I'm so thankful that God is all-powerful. He's all-knowing. He's all-present. And we have everything we need to be victorious. And I'm also thankful that Jesus revealed the enemy's ways so that we can be on the offensive and go to war and prayer. There's this amazing hope and assurance also that we can have when we don't even know what to pray. In God's word, it says in Romans 8, 26 through 28, and the Holy Spirit helps in our weakness. That's such a good thing to think about as moms because sometimes we think we've messed up, we've failed, 
we're weak, we're not strong, but we can rest in God's word that he's going to help us in our weakness. But not only that, it says, for example, we don't know what God wants us to pray, but the Holy Spirit prays for us with groanings that cannot be expressed in words. The Holy Spirit is groaning on our behalf, not because he doesn't know the Father's will, because it's God the Father, God the Son, the Holy Spirit. It's three in one. He knows, but he's doing that on our behalf because he loves us. And the Father who knows all hearts knows what the Spirit is saying, for the Spirit pleads for us believers in harmony with God's own will. And we know that God causes everything to work together for the good of those who love God and are called according to his purpose for them. So let's go after God. We can exhaust ourselves trying to do things in our own strength, trying to solve our own problems, maybe throwing some money at it, maybe throwing our time at it. But we have to remember our spiritual battle plan to defeat this unseen enemy. Satan wants to get you quiet. He doesn't want you to be praying. He wants you quiet. But the key to the armor, but there's a key to the armor, and if you don't activate this key, you might as well not even put the armor on. You see, prayer is where the battle begins and where the war is won. Prayer is the one thing that pulls us out of the, the pit of defeat. And I love what Priscilla Schreier says in her book, Fervent. She says, prayer is the divinely ordained mechanism that our God has given us. It's a key that unlocks the heavens and allows all the blessings that our God already has for us that actually can be dispensed to us. If you want victory as a mom, you've got to pray. In fact, what I'm going to share today is not just for moms. This is for everyone. We all can pray. We all can intercede. When we have the truth of God's word in us as our offensive weapon, and we put on our spiritual armor to protect us, and we activate that prayer in our lives, we are victorious. We are not defeated. We are battle ready. Remember, the victory is already ours. Jesus conquered death. He gave the victory through the finished work on the cross. And Romans 8 is such a great reminder to us when we feel, feel like we're a failure. It says, There is therefore no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. For the law of the Spirit of life has set you free in Christ Jesus from the law of sin and death. You are not condemned. You are set free because you have the Holy Spirit living inside of you. You have that power. You have that strength to overcome the enemy and his attacks. But today we choose to cling on to the truth of God's word. And we're going to jump into Ephesians 6, uh, 10 through 17. And it's, um, Paul is finishing up the book of Ephesians. He's writing this letter to the church in Ephesus. And these are his final words to them. He says, a final word, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Put on all of God's armor so that you will be able to stand firm against all strategies of the devil. For we are not fighting against flesh and blood enemies, but against evil rulers and authorities of unseen world, against mighty powers in this dark world and against evil spirits in heavenly places. 
Therefore, put on every piece of God's armor so that you will be able to resist the enemy in the time of evil. Then after you battle, you will, be, you will still be standing firm. Stand your guard. Put on that belt of truth, the body armor of God's righteousness. For your shoes, put on the peace that comes from the good news so that you will be fully prepared. In addition to these, hold up the shield of faith to stop the fiery arrows of the devil and put on the salvation as a helmet and take the sword of the spirit, which is God's word. He gives us the key and the strategies to defeating our enemy. Let's briefly go over these six uh, pieces in the armor. His belt of truth. So think about this when the battle is raging in your life and you're going through a difficult season. His belt of truth will help us park our runway minds in the assurance of God's love for us. When the battle's raging around, his breastplate of righteousness will equip us to stop reacting in the flesh and instead choose to battle with our praise and prayers. And that's what we've been doing this morning. We've been fighting our battles with our prayers and with our praise. His gospel shoes of peace when the battle's raging will remind us to walk in assurance and peace knowing that when we can't see things changing, God is working on our behalf. When the battle is raging around us, his shield of faith will give us the ability to trust in God's timing and his ways. And then his helmet of salvation will remind us that God's ultimate desire is to have a close relationship with you. As a mom, we like being prepared, right? And we've learned that sometimes we're not so prepared, and then other times we're like, yeah, I got that. And I was thinking of a time whenever I wasn't prepared. And then I was thinking of times where I was prepared. So when the kids are little, you know, you carry like the diaper bag around and then eventually it becomes a backpack of things that you need in case something happens. And so you've got the extra diapers, you've got the wipes, you've got an extra set of clothes for your kids and maybe even for yourself, right? Because it could, throw up can go everywhere. <laughs> Uh, you have toys in there for entertainment. You might have coloring books uh, for a meltdown. You might have some medication in there for yourself for a headache. You might have Band-Aids for the little scrapes and bruises for your kids and yourself. Because we want to be prepared, right, when the mess comes. We want to do the same thing with prayer. We should be in preparation when the mess happens. So if you're not praying out of place, we don't want to be praying out of place of fear we, we, or faithlessness, but becoming battle ready. We want to be prepared for those highs and lows. And we were traveling uh, to a uh, family reunion, and the kids were eight, six, and four. And we were traveling, and we had to go through Chicago, Chicago traffic. Anybody had kids going through Chicago traffic? Yeah, it's crazy. You never know when it's going to stop. You never know when the kid's going to be like, I've got to go potty. Well, we thought it was a great idea because we were having some trouble with our van. Our van, the transmission was actually going out while we were driving there. We look at the back window of our van and there's like transmission fluid all over it. We pulled over, the mechanic's like, there's no way you can drive, you can't get there. We call our family, we're like, you gotta pray, we get there. And we decided we would let our kids have those 7-Eleven Slurpees. And we usually don't let our kids have like sugar and like 
lots of red dye and stuff like that. But for some reason, we thought this was going to be a good idea. We're going to let them get the big Slurpee. I don't know if it's like 44 ounce, 64, whatever it is. I didn't think they would finish it, right? Like this, I just didn't think they would finish it. They're eight, six, and four years old. Well, Josiah decides to like chug the Slurpee. And I'm not really like paying attention because we're driving, it's crazy. And all of a sudden, he throws up all of his breastplate of righteousness and all over his gospel shoes of peace. And we were not prepared for that one. Um, we had to pull over, hose the car seat down, hose the kid down, all that fun stuff. But it helped me to be prepared for the next road trip. So after that, we started bringing paper towels, a throw-up bowl, um, a disinfectant cleaner, and wipes, and we kept them underneath the van seat. But as Christians, we know that when the mess comes, we have prayers behind us. We have prayers in the now, and we have prayers of our future covering so that we can be prepared. And we can walk in the knowledge that whatever comes our way, we can be battle ready. We have access to incredible resources from heaven. Let's um, jump into reading Ephesians 6, 18 through 20. Because we read that whole text about the battle, I mean the armor. And then it goes into this next transition. And here it is. It says, pray in the spirit at all times on every occasion. Stay alert and be persistent in your prayers for all believers everywhere. And pray for me too. And this is Paul talking. He's like, hey, pray for me too. Ask God to give me the right words so I can boldly explain God's mysterious plan. The good news is for Jews and Gentiles alike. I am in chains now, still preaching this message as God's ambassador. So pray that I will keep on speaking boldly for him as I should. Prayer is our secret weapon. We need to remember this is a real battle going on, and we've got to get into what we call our war room and start praying some very bold, brave, dangerous prayers for our families, for our friends, for our communities, for our missionaries, for other believers around the world that are being persecuted for their faith. I was having a conversation with my daughter. We just brought her home from college. She's officially now a senior in college. She passed her junior year, her first full year of nursing school. Uh, it was a lot of blood, sweat, and tears, and she, she accomplished it, and we were just so happy and proud of her for doing that. Uh, we got home Wednesday morning at 2.30 in the morning, um, but we had some conversation, great conversation, and I was just asking her a little bit of just some things in her childhood, and she's like, Mom, one thing I really remember is that you prayed, that you were a praying mom, and you set out as a mom to be a good example, but sometimes you don't know the impact until your kids, like, actually verbalize it, um, and I had that moment, like, oh, that, and she just really talked about the significance that it played on her life, and we tried modeling that for our kids, you know, praying and reading God's word, showing kindness and love. But we also didn't just model it. We showed our, or we taught our kids how to pray. We wanted them to know how to pray for their family. We wanted them to know how to pray for their friends. And we were really big on teaching them how to pray for missionaries around the world. 
I was also reminded after we had that conversation about the message last week that my husband shared, and it said, wake up. We all, we've got to wake up. We've got to quit evil and be who God has called you to be. And moms, I want you to know, don't compare yourself to someone else. Be who God has called you to be. You are all uniquely gifted with talents and giftings for your home, for your workplace, for your community. Don't undermine your gifts and your talents. Just continue to be who God has called you to be. And the next one he shared was don't spend your time doing sinful things. And then ask God to help you in your life. And these three verses we can see God give us this gift of prayer. We must choose to remember to turn to prayer first and not to fear, worry, doubt, calling our girlfriends, calling our mom, calling other people to get their opinion. A courageous, victorious woman of God will learn to turn to him first. In verses 13 through 18, it assures us that this armor in place will be, with this armor in place, we will be able to stand and tap into the power beyond ourself, beyond our own strength. We can't fight this battle on our own with these earthly weapons. We have to tap into our spiritual weapons. We have to pray. Remember, prayer is where the battle begins and the war is won. You're not fully equipped for battle until you put that prayer armor into action. Prayer is the fuel that drives everything. We pray because our own solutions don't work. We pray because prayer deploys, it activates, and it fortifies us against the enemy's attacks. And we pray when we, we pray because we are serious about taking back the ground he has sought to take from us. So we got to take some ground. We got to get serious about prayer. We don't want to let the enemy dissuade us or disarm you by putting a distaste in your mouth about prayer. He wants to see you passionless. He wants to see you powerless. He wants to see you prayerless. He wants to get you quiet. But what I love about prayer is that it reminds us that we have the victory in Christ. God's word gives us everything we need to defeat the enemy. He wants you to, the enemy wants you to feel devalued and to devalue the most potent weapons in your arsenal. The enemy wants to deceive you. He has strategies to destroy you. It's time that we have a battle plan. It's time that we have a prayer strategy. Because here's some things. There's been a little bit of a, like a research or a poll that was taken with some women, and they said, this is where I see attack after attack in my life. He's coming for your passion. He's coming for your focus. He's coming for your identity. He's coming for your family. He's coming for your confidence. He's coming for your calling. He's coming for your purity. He's coming for your rest and your contentment. He's coming for your heart. He's coming for your relationships. But don't be discouraged because God's word is full of such amazing truth 
and encouragement. And in Galatians 5, 1, it says, it was for freedom that Christ set us free. On the cross, he went to the cross for us, for our freedom. There is no need for fear, but we better be on guard and keep praying with purpose and precision. We don't want to overestimate Satan's influence, but we don't want to underestimate him either because overestimating can get you in this spiral of fear and worry and anxiety and doubt, but you don't want to underestimate him because that honestly is just plain stupid, if I can say that. <laughs> it's just plain stupid because we know he's going to try and do things to us, so we got to wake up. We got to stay alert. We can't expect to experience this power unless we're serious about joining the battle and prayer. Talking about seriousness in our family, we had some serious nerf wars. Anybody else in the house have some serious nerf wars? I'm not just talking about, oh, get the nerf guns out. Like our kids were wild about nerf guns. And Jordan actually reminded me of a few things that I had forgot about. But our kids didn't mess around. Like our kids went through the stage where they had camouflage, they had vests, they even had like the paint on their face. And they were just ready to go at me and Brian, or if the, it was like girls versus boys. And they were just so serious about it. And Jordan even had what she called perfume bombs. Yeah, she used her perfume to spray at her brothers. And she called them perfume bombs because they wouldn't come towards this, you know, smoke of perfume. But they were serious about that, this serious battle into Nerf. And I, I think about, like, there's so many things in life that we're so serious about, right? And we've got to be so serious about our prayer strategy. We have to depend on the Father. We don't want to become selfish in our walk with Christ and not depend on the Father. We want to always have this passionate persistent, humble posture of obedience to the Father. Paul says we must put on the armor, but we also must pray. Prayer is like the air we breathe. Try this with me. Just try holding your breath. Okay, you can let your breath out. Pastor Brian's the ultimate holder of the breath in our family. <laughs> he practice, he practice, practices in the hot tub. It's quite funny. I would pass out in a hot tub holding my breath, but he I wanted to be a Navy SEAL when he was younger, and he would do that when he was younger. He'd practice in the bathtub. But um, yeah, it's easy to breathe, right? But it's really hard to hold your breath. And our prayer life should be like breathing. It's easy to pray, and it's hard not to pray. We have to change our thinking about prayer. So here's three thoughts from the verses we read earlier. Thought number one, pray always and everywhere. Paul says in verse 18, pray in the Spirit at all times, on all occasions. Pretty straightforward, right? What do you think pray always and pray everywhere means? It means exactly what it says. It's talking about the frequency of our prayer. We should pray all the time and everywhere. 
This shows the importance of prayer because it doesn't just say pray sometimes. It's like breathing. It should just be a part of our everyday life. The Father wants you to talk to him about everything that is going on in your life, not just a few things. He wants to be a part of your everyday life just like your breathing. The more we pray, our heart begins to align with the Father. And through our intimate relationship with him, it encourages us and motivates us to live our lives that are pleasing to him. His will, not ours. Every single thing in your life should be something to talk to God about. God is looking for us to look to him for the source, for the resources. This also shows us it doesn't matter where we pray. We can talk to God anytime and anywhere. I just love that. We don't have to go to a special spot. We don't have to be in this special time of the day. We can talk to him anytime and anywhere. So don't back down from praying because of the environment you're in. If you're at work, if you're at school, take the time to pray. Don't back down. I want to share some practical areas that you can pray with your kids. Morning time. And I know morning time can be crazy. We had three kids when they were little. We knew if the morning time didn't go well, their whole day was wrecked, right? We lived in Lansing, Michigan. We had to drive into Holt, Michigan. We had a 16 to 20 minute drive. So our kids had to get up extra early in the morning. So we really had to plan our morning now. And when we didn't, it was a mess. I was a mess. I'm yelling at the kids. They're crying. You know, it's just awful. But we realized if we start their day out right, we get up maybe five, 10 minutes earlier, we can have some prayer and devotion time. We had these little devotions or a spiral book called God and Me. They had them for girls and boys, different ages. So if your kids were like six to nine, you could get the six to nine. And we would take time in the morning. You read the little scripture, you read devotion, and there was always this fun activity. And they all fighted over who was going to do the activity. But it set the tone for the day. And did we get to do that every day? No. Did we get it right every day? No. But we tried being intentional with that morning time. Another time to pray is your travel time. You maybe have sports you're going to, maybe just your travel to church is long, but take advantage of those times to ask your kids maybe their struggles, maybe something that you can pray for this week. Right now, we have a text thread. We have our, we call the family, it's called um, It Is What It Is. That's our family group chat. And we text all the time, hey, Jordan's got a, a test or Gabe's got a test, and we're constantly praying for each other. Mealtime. Uh, Take time to teach your kids to pray uh, for God's provision. Bedtime. Uh, this is something that we did when the kids were little. We don't do this anymore, and I guess we, I don't know when we stopped doing that. But me and Brian, every night, would pray with each of our kids individually, not just together. He would go in the room, and then I would follow up. He would go in the room, and then I would follow up. And we did this intentionally so that we could teach our kids um, how to pray not to just pray for themselves, learn how to pray for their family. And there was times, too, whenever the kids, they were really dealing with uh, nightmares and fear. And so we were able to go in there and pray over them before they went to bed. Another time is in crisis or sickness. Because we want our kids to know that God is their healer, that God is their strength and source. But we also would take time to pray when good things would happen. They were like our celebration prayers, like, 
oh, did you hear what happened this week? You know, so-and-so committed their life to Christ, or so-and-so was actually nice to me this week. They weren't a bully to me, so we would celebrate those things. Another thing for moms for you to pray is uh, my friend Mary Beth taught me this. She didn't like doing laundry, and I don't mind it, but um, she, she really didn't like it, and she was like, I needed to think of a way to enjoy doing laundry. And so she took time to pray God's armor over each piece, like the socks. She would pray that God's peace would be with her kids. And so I started doing that, and then it makes laundry a little bit more enjoyable. Um, and in the morning when you're driving, this isn't just moms. Anybody can do this. When you're driving past a school zone, pray as you drive through that school zone. Pray for those kids, pray for the teachers, pray for the administration. And then pray when the Holy Spirit prompts your heart. You have seven seconds to respond to the Holy Spirit's prompting. So when he prompts you and says, man, I think you need to pray for Jordan. I'm going to take time right then and I'm going to pray for my daughter. Oh, you need Josiah. I, I, something. Yeah, I'm going to pray right now for Josiah. So make sure when the Holy Spirit prompts your heart that you pray. And then pray specific prayers. I had this prayer book, and I still have it. It's called The Seven Absolutes to Pray Over Your Children, and it had seven things to pray over your child. You can find books all over. You can look up scripture. You can write out different things that maybe your child is, needs help with and just pray those specific prayers and pray scripture over them. In God's word in Philippians 4, 6, it says, Do not be anxious about anything. But in everything, by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. Also in 1 Thessalonians 5, 17, it says, pray without ceasing. There's so many scriptures in the Bible that talk about having this constant life of prayer. In Romans 12, 12, it says, rejoice in hope, be patient in tribulation, be constant in prayer. And the second thought is pray with variety. It says, stay alert and be persistent in your prayers for all believers everywhere. Other translation says, all prayers. It's meaning there's not just one kind of prayer. There's all different kinds of prayers that you can pray. And that's great because then your prayer life doesn't get boring. You can pray in public. You can pray in private. You can pray verbal prayers. You can pray silent prayers. You can pray loud prayers. You can pray soft prayers. You can pray deliberate prayers. You can pray planned prayers, unplanned prayers, spontaneous prayers, prayers of request, thanksgiving, confession, humble prayers, prayers of praise, Kneeling down, standing up, raised hand, hands down, you name it, you can pray every kind of prayer. And 1 Timothy 1, 2, 8 says, I will that all men everywhere pray. Everything in our lives can be covered in prayer. It's not a ritual. It's not a little checkbox that you check off. It's a part of our everyday life. And it has such variety. Prayer is part of our defense. This is part of our armor. This is part of our protection that allows us to defeat the attacks that are coming in. And sometimes our prayers are filled with joy, and sometimes they're filled with sorrow. Sometimes they're angry prayers. 
But there's no limit to our prayer. Let's keep our prayer life spicy. There's this lady I follow on Instagram. She's always like, just a little spice, just a little bit. So let's keep our prayer life spicy by having a variety of prayers and that we can pray everything, anytime, anywhere. The third thought is pray with persistence for others. It says be persistent in your prayers for all believers everywhere, even your enemies. And pray for me. Paul's such a humble leader. He's like, hey, can you pray for me too? Ask God to give me the right words so that I can boldly explain God's mysterious plan that the good news is for Jews and Gentiles alike. The word persistent means firm or obstinate continuance in the course of action in spite of difficulty or opposition. You can't give up. You got to keep on praying, even when there's an obstacle, even when opposition comes your way. That's what it means to be persistent in prayer. You stay the course. You keep your eyes focused on Jesus, and you keep pursuing. I love this quote. It's an unknown quote, so here we go. It says, the value of persistent prayer is not that he will hear us, but that we finally hear him. Prayer is not just blurting everything out. you got to be willing to listen to what the Father is asking you to do. When we're persistent, you realize that it's God. When you're praying for your friend that's having a hard time and then they come to you and they say, hey, this happened, I saw a breakthrough, you start seeing that that's God. It's not by luck. It's not by happenstance. It's because you're persistent in your prayer. Paul prayed without ceasing. He modeled it for us. He was consistent. In 2 Timothy 1.3, it says, I thank God whom I serve, as did my ancestors, with a clear conscience, as I remember you constantly in my prayers night and day. Paul wrote most of the New Testament. Most of it, he was in prison. He had been stoned. He had been shipwrecked. He was left for dead. And he still was consistent and persistent in his prayers for others. This is how the body of Christ should be. When we see other people hurting, we should rally around them and we should be praying for them. We should be linking arms like the Roman soldiers do in a battle. They link arms and they make this wall so that when the enemy comes that they're protected. Let's partner together and be united in prayer for our dear brothers and sisters in Christ. Let's link arms and take on the enemy together because we are better together. Our family loves watching movies and uh, my husband loves watching like war movies and battle scene movies and, and I've grown to love it as well, but I still have to kind of plug my ears sometimes because I don't like the sound of certain things and I can't watch certain things, so I kind of, you know, turn away or plug my ears. But when I was thinking about those Roman soldiers, I go to the movie Gladiator. And this isn't a movie you want your kids watching, right? Like, it's pretty bloody, pretty gory, because um, it's gladiators. They're, they're going to be um, in this coliseum and uh, potentially die, right? Well, I think of Marcus Aurelius. He's in the coliseum, and he has these other guys out there with him. This is his first time in the ring. 
And he's looking at the guys around him, and he's like, hey, have you been in a battle? And they're like, oh, yeah, I've fought in a battle. And he starts asking, and then he starts directing. He starts, like, taking charge of the situation. And he's just a cool-looking dude. Like, he's got his, you know, his helmet on, and he's got his armor on, and he's found some kind of weapon. And he says it in this really cool voice. I can't do this cool voice. But he's like, whatever comes out of these gates, we have a better chance of survival if we work together. If we stay together, we survive as one. And I think about that in our prayer life. Whatever comes out of those gates, whatever comes our way, if we fight together, we're going to win as one. So I encourage you, moms, dads, grandmas, and grandpas, to find somebody to link arms with to help you in the battle that you're facing. Because prayer unifies us and connects us to the heart of God. Remember these three thoughts. Pray always and everywhere. Pray with variety. And pray with persistence for others. It's time to pray for each other. It's time to have variety in our prayer lives. And it's time to pray for our friends, our neighbors, our coworkers, our enemies. Because we're better together. Here's an acronym for prayer by another unknown person. It says, prayer releases all your eternal resources. God wants to release all of his eternal resources for you, your family, your friends. So let's pray this morning. Father, just so thankful to be in your house today. Thankful that we serve you, that you are alive and you are active. Father, I'm thankful for your word and the truth of your word and that we can look to you as our source and our strength. Father, I pray today that each of us would take a step in our prayer life, that we would be battle ready, that we would have a prayer strategy. And Father, we know that we are victorious because of you. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for what you did on the cross for each and every one of us. Thank you, Jesus. Father, I just pray right now for any of the moms right now that are feeling overwhelmed. They're feeling insecure. They're feeling defeated. Father, I just pray right now that you would encourage them, Holy Spirit, right now. Help them to lay at your feet this morning whatever it is, if it's fear, worry, doubt, Spirit, just right now, just lay those things down. Whatever battle you're facing, just lay them right down at the foot of the cross. He's such a good father that he's going to meet you there. He's going to take care of every need. And his word says that, you know, we don't have to walk this alone. He said he'll never leave you. He'll never forsake you. And also in his word, it says that he has good gifts to give his children. I just pray that you would just continue to be with each mom. Just comfort them today. Give them strength, Father. Help them to come up with their prayer strategy 
for their kids and for their family. I pray this week as they're digging into God's word, as we're still in Joshua, and we see such encouragement, Father, in your word to be strong and to be courageous and to step out and take a risk for you. But we also see how important it is, Father, to be obedient and to follow after you. And I just pray that we would do that this week, that we would be strong and courageous and that we would follow after you. Father, we love you. Just thank you so much for your word. Thank you that we have our spiritual armor. And I just pray right now that the helmet of salvation, the belt of truth, the breastplate of righteousness, the sword of the spirit, the shield of faith, and our gospel shoes of peace, that you would, each one of us right now, we would just be armed with your spiritual protection. Help us to activate that prayer armor so that we can see the enemy defeated in our lives. We just give you all the praise, Father, and all the glory for what you're doing now and that you're going to continue to do. In Jesus' name, amen.